This is Body Talk, where we explore your inner universe. Hi, everybody. David Lasondek here. Welcome to a new episode of Body Talk. Unless, of course, you're listening to this like six months from now, in which case it's an old episode of Body Talk. Anyway, I am really happy to be back here with you. It's me, David Lasondek, fascia specialist, author, and senior structural integrator at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And I am so thrilled to have my guest today, Helen James. More on her in a minute. But I just got to tell you, it is so nice to be back. I haven't had the time to devote to the podcast in the last few months like I'd like to have done. I have really missed all of you, even though I don't get to see you. But when I was at the Fascia Congress in Montreal, and yes, there will be an installment coming up with more information about what that was all about. But when I was there, I got to tell you how really geeked and giddy I was at how many of you came up and talked to me about how much you like this podcast, how much you appreciate it. And uh, it's like, wow, I, I more people wanted to talk to me about the podcast than my books. And that was an incredible surprise. I wish you could see the smile on my face right now. I hope you can hear it in my voice. And by the way, the second edition of my book, Fascia, What It Is and Why It Matters, is now available to pre-order on Amazon. It should be shipping in the first week of November. And I've got a special just for Body Talk listeners. So if you go in the show notes, there'll be a link to the new site for Handspring Publishing, which is through Singing Dragon. And whether you're in the US or the UK, and the UK will ship to other countries as well on that side of the world, we've got a discount code, a promo code. I've always wanted to say promo code. It just sounds so cool. Podcast 30. So if you order the book from the links on the show notes, you will get 30% off your copy of the second edition of Fascia, What It Is and Why It Matters. Just for my podcast listeners, promo code BODYTALK30 gets you 30% off. The book has 30% more science than the first edition, and we're passing it on to you as 30% more savings. How can you lose with that? And we've got a really special podcast for you today. They're always special. But I'm going to be talking with Helen James, who was allowing me to call her Jimmer, which uh, really means something. Uh, Robert Schleip, who anytime Robert Schleip says there's something you should do, I say yes, because Robert's never wrong about that. First of all, Helen is 95 years old. She is a PhD. She has a master's degree in physical therapy. She is a rolfer, structural integrator. She worked in the Air Force. Uh, she was also kicked out of the Air Force uh, back in the 1950s for being a lesbian. We're going to talk about all that. But she just published a paper. Can you imagine publishing a scientific paper at 95 years old? Well, she did along with help from uh, my friend Robert and also Katja Barsh and two other people, Andreas Brandel and Marilyn Miller, who I'm not familiar with, but it's called Influence of Rolfing Structural Integration on Active Range of Motion, a Retrospective Cohort Study, and they examined 772 subjects retroactively 
and their conclusion was that a structural integration intervention could produce multiple changes in the components of myofascial chains that could help maintain upright posture in humans and reduce inadequate compensatory patterns. Uh, they also say that SI may affect differently the outcome of some active range of motion parameters in men and women. What's curious is there was a study she published back in 2008 uh, on cervical spine dysfunction, and they found that in the older population, uh, structural integration improved the ability of the neck to rotate. In the younger folks in that study, not so much. In this one, where they measured both hip and shoulder active range of motion, they found that there was no discrepancy in aging. But this paper just got published. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. I'm still pouring through it. There's a lot of data here. But Helen was willing to sit down on the pod with me and share her story with you. I also want to mention that on October 23rd, 2020, the trustees of the California State University on the recommendation of California State University Fresno, conferred upon Helen the honorary degree of Doctor of Science. And we are so, I am so excited, and you're going to be excited to hear her today. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Professor Emerita Helen James. Helen, welcome to Body Talk. I really want to talk about you. Uh, did you get my email that I sent? last night about what how i thought this would work how, yes, how we okay yes. so you're 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 comfortable with that oh yeah i've got mm -hmm. some notes <laughs> <laughs> i'll refer to my notes some you know I'd i've like got some notes here too <laughs> <laughs> uh set up kind of a time frame for my life mm -hmm. uh, and what where i have lived through when I was born in 1927. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay. I, do you want me to go on? Um, yeah, please. I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm from the Paris oh. of Appalachia. So I'm All on right. the other side of the state. So, so yeah. Uh -huh. So what was it like growing okay. up in Scranton in the, in the depression? So I was raised on a farm in mm -hmm. North of Scranton. As far as military, we were going to talk about military. My my dad served in World War One. Okay, my dad served in World War Two. Yeah, my mm -hmm. uncles, my cousins, all served in World War Two, and I was a little bit too young. Yeah, I think so. So I went to college. So to college. Uh huh. What did you go to college for? Uh, a bachelor's bachelor's degree in health and physical education. Okay, so you started there from the beginning. What made you so interested in that at the time? <laughs> because I loved to play basketball, and basketball was, was everything. In, basketball in was life. Yeah. Every small town had a basketball team, and, you know, I was from a high school, from mm -hmm. a school that had, uh, you know, went on a bus every day, and, and from from elementary school to graduation, my, my graduation class was – there were 17 of us. The next class, there were two. So, you know, it was it was farm. It was farm, yeah. it was labor, and, and we took time off in mm -hmm. the fall. So I, I would think work. not many people your age or women, let alone in the, you were probably in college in what, 1944, 1945? Yeah, 
So that was the uh, I finished in in uh, 40, 49. I finished okay. Degree. Okay. Yeah. So were you were you the only woman in that program in school? Oh no. Oh no, really? Okay. Mm. There were so, many women, but uh mm-hmm. Oh, are are you talking about high school? No, I'm talking about college. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I learned to play field hockey also in uh, my junior college year. And then I went to uh, a state college and got my bachelor's in health and physical education. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I love to play basketball. And I, you know, mm-hmm. and so I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know. I appreciate that. I you didn't know, at that age either. I didn't have any idea. So, but I got a job in, in Fort Myers, Florida. Okay. So it was said that in my family that my my great grandfather was a union soldier and so i'm from a military family yeah you've got quite the tradition my first job in in fort myers was as a physical education teacher and i coached high school basketball i was there for three years and then decided to join the military yeah i applied for a commission Mm -hmm. well i couldn't wait for the commission to come through, so I enlisted. So I was an airman, and I was a you know I would have been a, a second lieutenant. Wow, that, that's that comes a little bit later in the story. Yeah, uh, you uh, were so, were you a radio operator at this point, or did that come later in the story too? Say. Yeah, I applied for commission, and, and I couldn't wait, so I enlisted in '52, uh, and and uh, then I went to Lackland for basic training and. And on to Luxie, Mississippi, Keesler for Morse code training. And I learned to type with Morse code. And my final destination was at Roslyn Air Force Station in Long Island, New York. Mm-hmm. 26th Air Division Defense Command. During that time, I was, I was coaching basketball and softball in the military. So we would fly to different bases along the East Coast because we were defending the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And so we'd meet after with with the whole group of people that we played ball with. And I learned, that's where I learned about physical therapy. I had no idea before that. So mm-hmm. after I was discharged with a bad discharge, of course. It yes. Followed, yes, it followed the, the Red Scare, which was had to do with communists, and then next came the Lavender Scare. Right, and the Lavender Scare was a targeted attempt to get gay people and lesbians out of the military, right? Yes. So I was, I was, I thought, I thought they were investigating other Air Force bases along the coast, but uh, actually they were, they were investigating me. Wow. Uh, What was was that, what was that like? What, that must have been creepy. It was very creepy. I was uh, followed. I was bugged. I was finally arrested and then grilled for I don't know how many days. And finally ended up being threatened to go to my family and friends at home. You know, I came from a small village and all the other villages around Scranton and North were farm villages. They were small. Yep. Everybody knew everybody. Yeah, everybody knew everybody. So 
I said, well, just write something down and I'll sign it. I, you know, I had come to the end of what I could tolerate. I had. Sure. How uh, old were you at that point? Uh, I would have been like 25, 26. Yeah. That's, that's, that's heavy at that age. It's heavy at any age, but when you're that young. But, you know, I had applied for a commission early on. Mm -hmm. I had applied at the University of Pennsylvania because I was going to stay in the military. I was going to get physical therapy training at the University of Pennsylvania. Good so it happened at the same time, which was really lucky for me. I had no money, but I made it happen. Worked at nights, and, and it was... Uh, studying the rest of the time, and I right because you you wouldn't there. have you with a dishonorable discharge you wouldn't have gotten any of the benefits of having been in the military to help with your tuition, right? Oh no, no no benefits at all. Yeah, and how do you say you've been in the military for for three years and then try to apply for a for a job as a physical education major and you know, they want to you know, They want to know why you're not in there anymore. What were you doing? What were right. you doing for three mm-hmm. years? So Yeah, so it was, it was kind of your own scarlet letter in a way. But it worked out, right? Yeah, in the long run, yeah, it did. So yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. It was a tough go. It's been mm-hmm. a tough So I got a job. I had to leave I had to leave Pennsylvania. As soon as I graduated, I I got a job through one of my instructors at at uh, University of Pennsylvania. So I had a job waiting for me at Cedars of Lebanon Hospital in Los Angeles. Wow. Okay? So this would have been the late 50s? Yes. Okay. 50s, well, 52 to 55. I was there, 56, 57, okay. something about 57. Mm-hmm. So you were doing physical therapy at Cedars? Yes, I was. Very proudly, yes. Good. I knew I had 15 years to do something about my my discharges. And while I was at Cedars, I met a young woman, a Canadian woman, Kathy Orser. I don't know if you know Brian Orser or any, he's a world Olympian. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't. I don't national but... champion. And this was his aunt who had come to California and I met her and she was working at the hospital where I was. She married and then became and married an attorney and then became a, an attorney herself and decided to help me get an upgrade on my discharge. On the discharge, it says undesirable. Ooh. So I had two discharges, David, two discharges. One that, one that was uh, undesirable as an enlisted person, mm-hmm. an airman second class, and one as a commissioned officer. Oh. But two discharges, undesirable. So, so how did you, did you just not put that, of course, you said you got hired by the hospital. Did you just not put that on your resume? I mean, how did you deal with that practically in terms of moving forward in the world? Because well, being called undesirable is, is got, that's. But uh, that didn't go with me. Yeah, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the person that, that had uh, recommended me from California was an instructor at University of Pennsylvania. So ah, she, okay. you know, so she got, I didn't know her, you know, except as an instructor, but right. she recommended me as, as yeah. a, and she knew you as a good person and, uh, and a good, yeah, see, I, you know, I kept everything under the cover there. That was, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I worked, I got a job then following that time. That was 
PT in LA from about 57 to 60. And then I got a job in Fresno. Worked through about 10 years, five to 10 years. And mm-hmm. in about uh, decided to go back to school, got a scholarship to Stanford and entered there in 60, 67 and, and graduated in 69. And you got, that's where you got your PhD with Stanford? No, that's where I got a master's. Okay. I'm jumping yeah. ahead, jumping ahead. That's okay. So um, I got out of uh, my, my schooling there at, or my, at Stanford and uh, met Kathy Robertson. Don't know if you ever heard of her, but she was teaching mm-hmm. there at the time. She was doing, she was doing uh, research on neck area cancers the VA. And of course, I was interested. I, you know, I'd been trained by the Air Force in electronics, right? So as soon as I get back from Stanford, I took 28 units at City College in electronics uh-huh. in, that, in that small time. And then the job came up at Fresno State. Let's see, that would be in 70, maybe 70, 71. Mm-hmm. They needed someone to, to teach uh, because they were starting uh, a PT school, a PT program at the university, California State University, Fresno. So that was my first job. I was just starting out, and I w- I'm just out of Stanford, and I, you know, I was, I, I fell in love with anatomy at University of Pennsylvania. Nice. I, I, mean, I just, I just couldn't get enough of it. So it, I, I under, I understand the bug. I fell in love yeah, with anatomy. Yeah, you do. And then, and, then, yep. and then at Stanford, I got, <clears throat> I got Barbara Kent, and she's a biomechanics and kinesiology, and and I was ready to to roll with teaching at the university. You know, if I, I had a chance to teach at Fresno State, they so were just starting the program. So my main, my main offering was anatomy teacher. I taught other other subjects as well, but that was my main mm-hmm. charge. So where does the structural integration component come into this at this point? Well, I don't know. Rolfing structural integration, you know, how do you separate those? <laughs> well, I mean, structural integration is the generic term, but I mean, yeah. um, so what I'm saying is where, where did that enter your career? And after I met Kathy and I started working with her and doing some research stuff that she was up to doing, and then we decided that we would try and uh, do structural integration on the uh, the astronauts. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know so, about that. Yeah, well, and Kathy knew people, and so we would go meet people at at the Air Force Base in Oakland. And so so you and Kathy had both been through the rolfing training at this point? Kathy had. I hadn't. Well, she okay. was partly, partly through it, but she was, she was impressed. Okay. She, I mean, she knew Dr. Rolf. Dr. Rolf actually, you know, honored her. So we put in a, in a proposal to, to do the astronauts. We were invited to D.C., for a conference, a week-long conference with all of the, you know, Sally Ride and, and what's his name, uh, Carl Sagan. Oh, God, Carl Sagan. You met Carl Sagan? Yeah. He's one of my heroes. I know, me too. 
and Sally Ride. She's, you know, she was a Stanford back, background. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, uh, we were, we saw other scientists there at this week long thing that we had been invited to because we were going to try and introduce Rolfing to the astronauts. And then the Challenger happened. Oh. Challenger happened, and that oh. you know they weren't taking any any. I was I was living in Florida when that happened. I remember that day so clearly. I was right there at, the, at, at Fresno State, and oh. you know, there were no proposals taken for three years. So sure. we just had to drop that. So that but never that happened. That was an exciting. Oh. Maybe maybe someone listening right now will want to pick up the ball and uh, and reinvigorate uh, that idea because I think that's the that would have been an amazing thing to have done. In, in oh study. yeah, yeah. So uh, the NASA thing didn't happen, but where where did you go on from there? Because you you've you've published a couple of papers. You've been involved in a couple of papers. I did on my sabbatical. I did a research project, but it, you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It never got finished. But I did it on my research, and you know, I was learning about research and and uh, using Kathy and and her help and stuff. But uh, I always, you know, I was teaching at the university, and then I because. Kathy Kathy Orther was uh, the aunt of Brian Orther, who is now he's a, he's a figure skating coach, a world class. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to know him. He he was born in the '60s, so Kathy used to tell me about her brother and and his five kids. And you know, it was just uh, I knew Brian from. Really, I knew about him before he was born, and and <laughs> of course so you anyway, Kathy came to me mm-hmm. while I was at Stanford, and she said we had sent out letters to people that I knew, maybe two hundred people, I would say, from the East Coast and all around to get to get an get uh, information on who I was and uh, if they would re- recommend me for anything. Uh, of course, they didn't know about. But anyway, no, Kathy no, but, called me yeah. while I was at Stanford. She called me. She said, "Jimmer, I need some money. I, I've got to go to the Pentagon to defend you." And she did that. She went to the Pentagon. Now, mind you, she was rheumatoid arthritis, okay, and very ill. But she went. To, she did this. She met with the group at the Pentagon and got me an upgrade. That said, under honorable conditions. That sounds wonderful, good, doesn't it? Yeah, that sounds a lot better. That sounds a lot better than undesirable. Yeah, but I, you know, I didn't care. It was nice. I thought, oh boy, I'm home free. That's that's just wonderful. Uh, I like it. And mm-hmm. so, but there was no benefits, and no, you know, I didn't need benefits. I was busy working on other, other things, sure. and I didn't use the VA, of course. Coming from that, she got me these two discharges that were under honorable conditions, but there were some some letters and numbers that, that described 
what I was discharged for. So anyway, a friend of mine uh, who was uh, an army medic and friend of the family, and she used to come over. She, she also did house cleaning. So I had her over at the office to, to uh, help me clean up. And it was late afternoon. Patients were gone. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know how it came up, but I, she said something about military. And I said, yeah, I got a bad discharge originally. And she, and, and I showed her, I told her about the under honorable conditions. And she said, Oh my God. She said, Jim, are you, you have to do something about this. So she led me through, she mm-hmm. took me to the VA in Fresno. I got hooked up with, with, uh, a representative. I began the story of, and it's a long process, uh, David, to I... begin re- writing your story. Write your so story. You had, you, so you had to document everything for them. Everything that I could. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And that yeah. was a, that was decades ago. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's how it happened that I got an honorable discharge because of her intervention and getting me an ID at the VA and uh, and going to, I got an attorney, legal aid attorney, Mm -hmm. met her and it went on from there. And my, you know, came out in the Washington post that I had Mm -hmm. 2016 had gotten an honorable discharge from the, from the air force. Yeah. You know, I was talking to the medical librarian that, that's my good friend at, uh, at UPMC, and I told her that I was going to interview you today. And she was so thrilled because she remembered reading that article in the Washington Post. Oh, really? All these, Yeah. She was like, oh, my God, you're going to interview her? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So that, that people, people notice that. People really notice that. Yeah. Well, it's history. It is history. You know, it that, is history. It's part of the history because when we went to an honor flight, my friends, Joy's daughter and I, and and you just go to all these different places. And, and my attorney had been contacted by the Smithsonian, and they wanted to know if they could put my information into the history of Wonderful. The so Wonderful. my is is in there, and they've put it out on uh, Wikipedia. I'll put a link to that in the show yeah. notes for sure. So so when the Air and Space Museum, which is my favorite museum in DC, by the way, yeah, uh, I, they're doing a big remodeling. So that when when that's all done, and I go there, I'm actually going to be able to find something there about you. Well, I'm there. Yes, my oh, story wow. is there. Wonderful! I can't wait. What did that do for you personally? all these years later when it's like at last this stain that never should have happened has been resolved has been cleared up what what did that feel like what did that do for you oh god i don't know it, you know it 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 opened the door for me to expose myself to to mm-hmm. let it be you know in the days when i was growing up david you didn't, nobody talked about, I didn't even know the word gay. I didn't know the word lesbian. No. Those were, they just weren't, weren't talked about. Yeah. Not at all. And, and I came from, of course, coming from us in New York, they probably were, but 
coming from a small town in northeast yeah. Pennsylvania, you know, who knows about that? People yeah. just work on the farm, <laughs> you know. So they didn't care, right? You know, I did all the farm work. I did. I milked the cows. I, you know, mm-hmm. I helped with the, with all the stuff because I loved to do it. I, you know, I wanted to do it, and mm-hmm. I. Had, I had a sister that, and she was into books and never even entered the barn. So I was, you know, they didn't know how to handle me. They didn't. I, I bet. So, 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 were you considered like a tomboy? Was that oh, kind yeah. of the way? Yeah. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Sure, with that and the basketball and everything. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that all those decades later, you were finally free to really feel like you could be who you are. It's nice. It's really nice yeah uh, and I, I and now i i've met you know i've met people in the east and and uh, veterans you know mm-hmm. i i'm i feel really comfortable when i'm in a VA, the va you know i i know the va and 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 so i've i've never felt really comfortable in a lot of groups because you can't tell your story you can't you know, you can't refer to three to you know, 60 years of, of holding back all that stuff. If we, if we can continue this and segue into 2022, I have to say, so let me backstory this a little bit. Helen came to my attention here because of our mutual friend, Robert Schleip. Yeah. Uh, and this paper that just came out of the Journal of Clinical Medicine. on. That? Yeah, on the influence of Rolfing Structural Integration on Active Range of Motion that studied 727 subjects. And I've never met a 95-year-old person who is still publishing research. So can you tell us a little bit about that, how that came about? I had an email from Robert. (laughs) (laughs) He's an instigator. He's an instigator. He said... Hey, you know, we almost taught together, and we, and we were all set up to teach to teach a, a Rolfing class. And then the Rolf Institute decided they didn't need an assistant, and so mm-hmm. he said, "Well, we can't do that." And then he called back, probably two or three weeks later. I had already set up things that I had to do, and we never we never made it. We never had a chance to, to teach together and I've always regretted that. But anyway, I just admire Robert. He's, he's just an amazing, amazing person. I love him very dearly. So we all do. What a guy, what a, what a wonderful man and such a brilliant scholar. Offer, and I can't say too much about it. Uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. same here. We, he and I were just participating in a uh, online summit and uh, within the first few minutes of him being introduced, he said, I, you introduced me as a teacher, and I need to clarify, I am here as a student. I'm here to learn as well. <laughs> he never, he never, I was like, I love you, Robert. He never loses that. Yeah. He never, yeah. you know, it just, I, that, that, that's who I want to be when I grow up as Robert. Yeah. Well, why aren't we, why aren't we students? I mean, we, yeah. you're, you're a student as well. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a student with every experience, you know, the experience I've had with with getting a bad discharge, be going through all this stuff, it connects me to other people. It connects me to now that I can open up 
it connects me to help other people. We have helped a number of veterans, veterans from World War II and, and Korean War. I was Korean War person. Okay. And they've gotten honorable discharges. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that's, so, and that's the best. When we're you, still working on it. So that, you can pay it forward. When you can pay it forward. That yeah. just, that uh, gives me a chill just saying that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmer, thanks for your time today. Thanks for making some time to talk to me and to share your story with my audience here on Body Talk. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up here? Just a couple of things that sure. I put in the beginning. Uh, you know, at the uh, when I was born, I was born the year that Charles Lindbergh flew across the, the Atlantic. Okay. It was the 27th. That's some perspective. 27. Yeah. You were born a year after well, my mother. Really? Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. So you can add the that. Women to and, 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 they, and right shortly after, women got the right to vote. Yeah. It wasn't that long. No. I, in fact, I, uh, Dr. Rolf got her PhD the year that women were given the right to vote, which kind okay. of tells you something about who she was. That's right. So I was a, a generation right after her, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just did like to put that in, connect her with me. And my mother was, my, uh, my, my mom was an amazing person. She, she became an RN. I'm, I'm from a big family. My uh -huh. mom was one of, one, one of 11, my dad one of five, and, and the kids had to, had to uh, work to support the family through, you know, if they got to eighth grade, they were lucky. Yeah, my dad had to leave school in the eighth grade because his father died and he had younger sisters. Yeah. And this was the middle of the Depression. And you got to right. do what you got to do. So my mom my mom was told she had to quit school and she went to to uh, be a nanny to the do our doctor, Dr. Davies, two boys. I don't know if his wife had died or whatever. But anyway, so she was there with them, cooking for them and, and taking care of them. But she was the same age. And so the doctor, he saw what she was doing, and, and through those few years of high school, they were they were getting studies, and she was studying with them. And the doctor noticed this, and he got her into nurses training. So my mother became an RN, and she used to say to me, she'd say, "Jimmer, you know, I don't even have a high school diploma." I said, "Mom, you know me." <laughs> <laughs> She was amazing, and she said to me when when I when I graduate, I get out of school, and I said, "Yeah, I, my dad would like to have me stick around." And mom said, "No way, you're going to school." Mm -hmm. yeah. Where are you going? You're going to school. Yeah, my parents were the same way. I didn't, but you are. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, it's really so nice to meet you, David, and and you to too, know you a little bit. It's a I, pleasure. Thank you. Likewise, thank you. Okay. Good night. Good, good, good morning. <laughs> good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hey, people listen to this. <laughs> yeah. People listen to this at all times of the day. That's the beauty of podcasts. Tell Robert, hi when you see him. Oh, I, I absolutely will. Jimmer, thanks so much. Have a and lovely you know day. Kathy because she's done all the work to set this up for, for me because I'm not into the computer so much. But. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy, for all your technical support. It really helped. And if you send it to her also, that would be nice. And then she she lives on this property. With okay, me. I think Kathy, were you in the email chain that to help put yeah. this together? Okay, great. So I'll just I'll yeah I'll just send it the same way I've been sending all the communication. Wonderful.
All right. Thank you very much, ladies. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. That was the one and only Helen James. And I was just so thrilled to have her as a guest here on Body Talk. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Even through the post-production process, I was smiling the whole time. And uh, I'm just grateful that I was able to share this with all of you. And thanks to Robert. Hey, Robert, if you're listening, thank you so much. Helen and I both send our love. And if you look in the show notes, you'll find more information about Helen. You'll find information about her research. You'll also find how you can get the second edition of my book for podcast listeners at 30% off. This is David Lissondak for Body Talk. It's great to be back. And I will see you next week here on Body Talk. Until then, take care of yourself because you're the only you you have. Thank you for listening to this episode of Body Talk with David Lissondak. I'm David Lissondak, structural integrator, fascist specialist, author, podcaster, all those things. Hey, uh, just a reminder, if you like the show, please support it, leave a rating, leave a review, become a patron at patreon.com backslash body talk radio. If you want to get in touch with me about the show, you can find me on all the social media platforms. And you can also email me at bodytalkdavid at gmail.com. The music that you hear, as always, is by David and the Disasters. See you next time on Body Talk with David Lazondak.